Boom, coming in hot, Chichi, on a Monday. How we doing, brother? Where are we right now? That's an adorable place. What is beautiful? You, you want to see where I'm at? I'm right, I'm right across from the network. The network's over there. Oh, There's you, the network. Yeah. And then I'm, and then I'm across, I'm, I'm, I'm doing the show on this, like, truck. That's like a crane. Yeah, and, and I look shady. You know, you thought I looked shady at the hospital? I look so shady right now. Like, if yeah. someone comes over here, the authorities might come over, like, you have to get off our crane. That's all right. That other step building where you're at, too. There's some shady folks walking in and out of that every once in a while, too. <laughs> <laughs> shady folks walking in and out everywhere. Yeah, look at this. That's so funny. Secaucus, that truck, Secaucus, for everybody who doesn't know, or Secaucus, apparently, is how it's supposed to be pronounced. It's like factory heaven. Like, the entire surrounding wow. area, it's just like outlets and, and, and like, you know, wherever your bread gets made, it gets made in like one of those sea caucus factories. And there's like 918 wheelers always driving around that neighborhood. Yeah, I got a, I got a feeling there's going to be a lot of trucks driving by. <laughs> That's right. We'll get through. Hey, let's just talk good vibes on a Monday, dude. There's so many guys. You, you had a point to why this is going on, but guys who are bouncing back or having bounce back years or just kind of exceeding what they have done. Yeah. And you have a theory. You got a little theory about it. Well, dude, I think the shift's working for some of these lefties. You know, you go back to Rizzo, uh, you know, Anthony Rizzo out there, it's been hitting pretty much 300 all year long for the, for the Yankees. And he was getting killed by that shift. Um, Joey Gallo's hitting well, you know, that shifted. I think the rule was almost made for him to, you know what I mean? So right. he could start getting some hits. Max Muncy's hitting 250, obviously 11 bombs, 21 sticks. He's raking. But I think the uh, the big guy that I just love seeing back doing well is Cody Bellinger, man. He's hitting over 300. Um, he, uh, I thought someone was coming up on me. <laughs> he, he's hitting over 300. He's got five bombs, uh, you know, and, he, and he's shooting some balls into that, into that four hole where, the, you know, usually that third baseman or second baseman will be sitting. So, uh, it's good to see some of these lefties again because you want to see offense, man. I think that's a big reason they started to mess with the shift. Like, listen, the fans want to see more offense. We want to see the ball put in play. Uh, and so it's uh, pretty – and we were, talk- we were also talking about Corey Seager mm. who got hurt recently, hurt his hamstring, I believe, or his groin. And uh, they he was the guy most affected by the shift last year, mm-hmm. right? So this year they, they did shift them. The Royals have been doing this thing where they bring that left fielder in, like we talked yeah. about, basically the shift. And Seager ends up hitting one to left field. He's going for three, and that's when he ends up blowing out his yeah. blowing out his yeah. uh, his, uh, his hammy. So yeah. it's a, a good bummer. point. So now, do you think some of it is psychological, or they're just hitting the ball where they always hit it last year, and there's just not a guy standing there? Or is it? I both? think it's. I think a lot of it's psychological, dude. Mm-hmm. I, I know for me. I was never totally shifted on because the shift didn't come in at the end of my career. Maybe it started to come, but Tony LaRusso always had tricks up his sleeve. And I remember in 2005 when I was with the Reds, he started shifting on me. And I was like, wow, that's so weird to see like rolling it short and them just pinching over on the right side. Cause it was right. I started at the end of my career, I started hitting more ground balls for whatever reason. And, uh, you know, it, it does mess with your mind because you start to look at the field differently. Like, wow. There's so many guys over here. You're taught to look for a pitch middle in or, or look for a pitch you can get your arms extended on, right? Something you can drive. And then, you know, if they, if they do do this shift, they're going to pitch you in. So I, I really think it becomes a mental thing, too. And, dude, listen, this game's a game of confidence. As you know, Chinch, playing it at the Division One level. Like, when you hit a rocket, that's not easy to do. So if you're hitting a rocket over and over and over on the pull side and you're out, 
Dude, that messes with your mind, you know what I mean? That messes with your confidence, and I think that's a big part of this, too. Yeah, that's got to drive you crazy. Absolutely yeah. agree with that. Hey, let's uh, – how about the Angels going back to back to back, back to back to back? Yes, three. Three homers in a three row. <laughs> they hit three. Yeah, that was cool. I think Ward went deep first, then Trout goes deep right center. Then Otani. I don't know if you – did you see Otani's homer? It was like no. two inches off the ground. It looks like he's out front, flicks his wrist, and he knows it's gone right away. Amazing. He was almost in his trot right, oh, right away. The guy's got so much power. So that's always my CTV. When you see back-to-back-to-back and Trout and Otani are involved yeah. in that, that's pretty incredible. Were you, anybody ever hit back-to-back-to-back on the team that you were on? Were you ever involved in one? I, I can't remember. I, 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 don't, I, don't, I don't remember. I don't remember. <laughs> it was been too long, bro. Not. Been, been too long. Been too long. Hey, back to Muncie real quick. Like, what do you think of that production? He's got a four eleven on base percentage. He's only in two fifty, and he's got, yeah. but he's got eleven homers in twenty two games. Every other he's game, a, he's going to hit yeah. eighty seven homers this year. <laughs> An interesting stat line too is: first off, he has a seven eighteen slug, so he's you know he's well over eleven hundred OPS. He's got eleven bombs, no triples, no doubles. <laughs> it's, it's freaking amazing. It's crazy. It's amazing. Great. You know, I brought well, he up has this that, But he, when he hits it, man, he gets it in the air. And I think that's why yeah. you see his average not so high. Either. Did you see, I texted you, my comp. Remember back in the day, Pete Incavilia, bro? Oh, yeah. Pete it's, Incavilia yeah, would hit correct. 30 and, and, and have 90 RBIs and hit like 214. With like a Rob Deere. Rob Deere. Dude, Rob Deere. Oh, Rob Deere hit like 40, hit like a buck 70. Those Tigers teams... It looked like they all just ate like steak for breakfast and hit <laughs> bombs. Remember those teams? It's like you, it, a good team would take two out of three of, from them, but each game would be like fourteen to eleven. Like yeah. you had to outslug them. Cecil Fielder with the Tigers. Oh my god! How great was that out, year? Out of Tiger Stadium. Wasn't that so cool when he was doing that? Because nobody had hit fifty since George Foster. Now we're yeah. looking at guys. I'm telling you, there's guys with eleven and ten homers right now. And by the way, yeah. there, there's dudes. There's dudes hitting in the high three seventies, and what's that one dude's hitting four? What I gotta pull up the the stats right now. A Louis Arise. Yes, it's hitting four something. Yes. How? What do you have to finish the first half with to have a reasonable chance to hit four hundred in a season? He's not going to do it, but just to answer that. You got to be. I think you got to be right at four hundred to say this guy's got a shot. Yeah. You know. Yeah, hold on. Dude, I remember I remember I was hitting 371 at the break in 99. Mm-hmm. And people were like, you can hit 400. I'm like, I don't know. Probably not. No. <laughs> it's, you know, you have to hit by the second half of the season, you have to go so like two hard. for, you kind of have to go two for four to go up. You can't go one for Dude, four anymore. It, 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 it still drives me crazy, man. When I think about that 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 um, summer of '94 when Tony Gwynn was at 394 in the shot. middle of August, I think it was August 12th or something, and they went on strike, and they asked Gwynn what he thought. He's like, he, he really believed he no doubt was going to hit 400. How locked in he was, and yeah. you know, he was really chasing it. And I don't know, man. We hadn't seen it since Ted Williams, but you go back to that summer of '94, man. There were some incredible things happening with Jeff Bagwell, how good he was playing. Montreal Expos were one of the best teams in the game. Yeah. You know, they were probably going to make the playoffs. Tony Gwynn was going to hit 400. Uh, you know, but it makes me think of anytime we can mention Tony Gwynn in a show, you know, it's a good, it's a good yes, thing. Yes, I like that. Okay, here's how hard it is. Ready? He's hitting 444, okay? Last yeah. seven days. In the last seven days, he's hitting 381. That's not good to hit 400. <laughs> like... He's only hitting 381 in the last week. That's unbelievable. If you hit 381 
one out of every four weeks, you're going to hit like three oh three three ten in a season. But th- right. but he but his average dropped over the last seven days by going by hitting three eighty one. I know it's unbelievable. It's incredible. It's so hard, dude. Four out of, four hits out of ten. That is so hard to do this day and age with the way they use bullpens. Yeah, you know, back in the day when those guys were playing, Ted Williams, those guys hitting four hundred. You're facing the starter. He's going 130 right. pitches, Great probably point. 140 pitches. You might see one reliever. Nowadays, this starter's going two times around the lineup. Now you're seeing – you might see two or three relievers yourself. Yeah, so it's it's even yeah. harder now to do. Yeah, and they all have different pitch – like a lot of guys are throwing 97, 98, but like you face one guy who's throwing a curveball for three innings, and then the next guy comes in and he's only throwing sliders, and the next guy's coming in and he's only right. throwing – now they got these slide – slur, fork. There's like nine new pitches in the league this year. How about yeah, – well, t- Go ahead. Dude, speaking of that, talk about Otani. Did you see that one stat? Third time around the lineup, they're hitting a, a, a 0 for 24 with like 11 punches or 17 punches, something ridiculous. Yeah. The biggest thing with him, when I think of Shohei, I think of Roy Halladay, man. When you would face Roy Halladay back in the day, he would have like four, five, six pitches, it seemed like. He could cut it, he could sink it, good curve behind like a split changeup. And it was funny. The third time you'd face Roy Halladay, you're like, I haven't even seen these pitches. Like the first at he threw me uh, cutter sinker. Next at he threw me curveball changeup. Next at he threw me split finger sinker. Like, you know, it's like if you, Otani's so good, you could get the third time around with this guy and have never seen that sweeper or the split finger. Right. Smoltz talked about that. He used to talk about that, like, ad nauseum, saying, like, first thing in a game, if he's facing Bonds and there's nobody on, he's going to throw him a bunch of crap that bonds will never see again the rest of that game because it's just like get this set bat out of the way and in his seventh inning like he smoltz would drop a knuckleball here and there on guys just to just to mess with their heads the great ones man the more pitches you have the more screwed you can be as a hitter right well i think that the better you know when, when you as a hitter when you see a guy with a two-pitch mix you know uh, you, you know a guy maybe that you know gosman's kind of like fastball split if he doesn't have that one pitch that day as a hitter i'm like oh yeah here we go you know, these guys that have three, four pitches, the reason you want to have three as a starter is because you got to navigate a whole lineup. If you got one that's not that good that day or really don't have it, at least you got two or three other pitches yeah. to go to. Right. Yeah, that's a great point. Some guys, all the best ones, like, didn't have my curveball today, so I threw a bunch of change-ups. Like, yeah. Yeah. We got to keep talking. Keep, keep the ride going for some of these teams. The Bucks. And the uh, Orioles, dude. They're Orioles, playing great. Yeah. What's your take? Well, dude, these are fun. And, and you wonder, are the Pirates going to be the Orioles of 2022? Mm. Where we're like, ah, you know, yeah. You know, because in April, like, oh, you know, they can't keep it going. And the Orioles, all you know, they kept it going for six months, just missed the postseason. But the Pirates are doing what you're supposed to do with winning. They're winning with good start and pitching. You know, Keller's the real deal. Oviedo's really been pitching well. He's got good stuff. Velasquez, you know, he's been really good so far you know can he keep that going is the question rich hill brings a veteran presence austin hedges behind the dish is is a nice upgrade as far as you know the catcher position goes but they got they might have the best closer in the game one of the best closers in the game top three top three closers in the game in bednar guy's an absolute workhorse at the back end there the bullpen's been really good but that lineup man mccutcheon's been hitting great the whole time since he's been back brian reynolds has been come out the gates you know raking Castro's hitting well. Sawinski's hitting well. You know, up and down that lineup, they have um, Connor Joe's raking. Bay's been hitting good. So they're doing everything you should do 
to be what are they 16 and 7 so pr- yeah. in, in, in impressive what they're doing and then the Orioles man you talk about the Rays are 19 and 3 the Orioles are 14 and 7 Adley Rushman you know it obviously is a big part of that but they're really pitching well Grayson Rodriguez their prospect that's come up is uh pitched a nice game his last outing out there so you know their lineups they're hitting well their their um their pitchers have been doing well so it's been a yeah. fun year. Whenever you see teams like the Pirates and the Orioles doing well, it's good for baseball. It's great for baseball. The other thing the Orioles are doing, I'm just looking at this, because ever since they built that pretty little ballpark in the Inner Harbor there, they usually yeah. get they used to get boat raced by like the power hitting teams because it was like a little bit of a bandbox. They're seven and three at home so far this year. Yeah. They are notorious for being not the greatest home team and good for them, well, man. They moved, remember they moved the fences back last year. That's oh, that's right. There you go. And I think smart that, move. Really, that really that has helped them big time since they did that. Yeah, that's so funny. I remember there there was a there was a year where the the Yankees couldn't play at home for some reason. This was like I was at the network, so I went with like Harold and and Deaver and Greg. I think we went to uh, right. a game and they had to play at City Field. The Yankees did, and they were just hitting fly balls. To the warning track all game long, and then I we I pulled up on my phone and I'm like, wow, look at this, look at the the, the dimensions of of City Field. They're so different than Yankee Stadium, and the Yankees were so built around that lineup to hit at Yankee Stadium with that short porch that the home game at City Field was a disadvantage for them, and they, and they lost <laughs> right. the game like four. I th- actually, it was Gary Sanchez hit a walk off home run. Rest in peace. Not <laughs> not rest in peace, but. That's you what, saw, you saw, like a guy like Volpe, you know, hit a ball the other day. Didn't he hit a ball the oh, right the other day? Yeah. One, one row deep. One row deep. One row deep. Anywhere Apple. else, that's an out. Yeah, and he almost, he kind of pulled off of it too. If you notice, like he yeah. he just got enough of it, but like he looked up, kind of where did yeah. it go, and then yeah. boom, two run homer for the Yankees. Yeah. By the way, he made a big error yesterday. Huge error, kind of floodgates open. They lost. Stood at his locker the entire time, saying after the game, "This is my fault. It's my fault. This is on me. This game was on me." You love that out of a rookie, huh? Uh, yeah, I expect nothing less from him, dude. He's just a stand-up guy, plays the game hard, passion written all over his face and everything that he does. Yeah. You know, when you when you make an error, you got to, you know, just like you hit a three-run homer, you, you want to stand there when the media comes and you make an error, you got yeah. to stand there. Dude, I remember a quick story. I'm in Boston. Uh, first, uh, my first, I think it was one of my first starts. We're in Toronto. I, I got a big hit to tie the game in the top eight. Greg Zahn comes up. Place is packed. Sky Dome is packed because it's Boston. I think it's their opening day. And uh, uh, I, I, Greg Zahn, I'm, I'm thinking to myself, okay, bases loaded, one out. Ball is hit to my right. I'm going to turn two. Ball, a chopper, I'm going to charge. They're kind of going through the scenario what I'm going to do. Before I really get through the scenario, Greg Zahn, first pitch heater, hits a bullet right to me. It hits the lip of where the dirt and turf is. It was like the old turf. Dude kicks up, hits my glove. Uh, iron skillet down the le- right field line. <laughs> all three runs score. All three runs score, dude. We are bo- now I'm in Boston. Uh-huh. You, know, you got to You got to You're in Boston, New York. You got to answer. So, dude, the ball goes down the right field line. I'm like, oh, all three runs score for the next ten minutes. I'm not kidding. Till the inning ended, sixty thousand people in <laughs> Toronto, Canada were chanting, "Casey, Casey, you suck." That's terrible. And I was just like, oh my god, this uh-huh. inning can't end quick enough. You know, please let it end. It finally ended. But anyway, we lost the game. Sure enough, man, it was my, my last year in the big leagues, 12th year in the big leagues, bam, right in my locker after the game. What happened on that ball? I'm like, I boxed it. 
Yeah, that's so fun. Did, did you ever have stretches in your professional career? I guarantee I think every high school kid this happens to. But in your professional career, did you ever have stretches where you kind of were clanking a little bit? Yeah. And where, but my question is, where you were nervous about the ball being hit to you? Did, does that happen on a big league level? Oh, my God. Dude, 100%. Barry Larkin really? and I used to talk about it. I remember he went through like a couple stretches and he was like, He's like, Case, you know, it's just like hitting. You get into these fielding slumps where you're just mentally, you know, just whenever you get – tension's poison in baseball. So whenever you get a little tight, you're in trouble. So whether you're on offense or defense, you start to get that anxiety in. It's not a good thing because you lose your athleticism. That's what you don't want to do in baseball. Yeah. And, uh, dude, I remember, dude, it, it, you know, going through times like – for me, sometimes, I, you know, I have trouble picking the ball. Like, you know, you miss one or two, then you're like, oh, man, come on. Because like, on a pick – you got to really stay aggressive to it. You don't want to sit back and just, you know, be passive on it. You got to be aggressive. Well, as soon as you start to lose your confidence in baseball, you lose the aggressiveness. You yeah. start getting more passive, and that's ne- and it's a never a great equation. So, yeah. I think there's no doubt. There's definitely uh, fielding slumps too. Yeah. By the way, when I, when I was a freshman in high school and I was playing second yeah. base, I got the yips. I actually Did got really? like the knoblocky yips, like big time. I could turn any double play anytime, rocket to first base, ground ball right at me. Just like ankle biters, like nail. What do you call it? Worm burners. It's the first. Like what? Like what, what were you th- when you get it? What were you think? I, I my me- it was like me- it was mechanical. Like I, I don't know. I was like I, I had a strong arm, but I, I would get. I think a first baseman told me he's like you throw it really hard to first from second time sometimes, and you handcuff me. And I started thinking about that, and the more oh, yeah. I thought about not throwing the ball as hard as I could, the more I would yeah. just throw it literally directly in the ground like the freaking mayor of uh cincinnati <laughs> the first pitch. <laughs> oh dude the only guy it's I ever terrifying played with, hated it you know what? yeah it's terrifying. the only guy i ever played with that had the yips um was ryan friel rest in peace oh. ryan but he you know he would get the ball and i'd be i remember thinking as a first baseman right away you're supposed to expect a bad throw always expect a bad throw whenever friel would get like 20 feet from me i'm like okay i get and a lot of times I would have to pick it. Dude, I had the yips one time in college. Oh, did you? My fre- Dude, my freshman year, um, we're playing Davidson. I'm with the University of Richmond. And, and, and I always thought you had to do – I always thought with throwing you had to be so perfect. Like, you know, get your arm up, baseball back. And, I, and then I, when I learned to throw, I learned, no, that's not true. You could throw at all different angles. But, dude, we picked – we had a guy on first. They picked, <laughs> picked over the first. Freaking throw it back to the pitcher. Air mail him, dude. Our oh, third no. base was not paying attention. It goes by the third base down the left field line. The guy ends up going to third base. Oh. And I look in the dugout. The guy's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I don't know. I have the yips. I'm freaking scared to death to throw the ball. It was that medium <laughs> throw. Yes. It's like that 30-foot yeah. throw. That's why yeah. at second base, guys get it. Sacks, knob lock. That 30-foot throw is always a little dicey. Yeah. Hey, here's another question. Can you throw to, can you throw to a little kid? I can't do it. I don't know how to. I don't know what no, speed no, to do it. No, I don't know what speed. No, I got I my net nephews now. Once nope. I have a catch with me, he's in like, oh, I think he's in like third grade. I'm yeah. like, I'm like, he's throwing bullets at me, and I'm like, I, I just, I can't do it. I don't want to nope. be the guy. I don't want to be the uncle that breaks your nose. I'm just not doing <laughs> dude, it. Dude, me too. Me I get too. Yips no with chance. That. <laughs> I can't. I have to just. I get. I get like it looks good. Then right here I go. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I did the same thing. Oh, I couldn't. Yeah. I couldn't throw like BP to like a fourth grade baseball oh, team. Dude, dude, I was the worst BP throw. I throw to my kids. I oh, drill them, and I'm like, it's incredible. Oh my god, I'm dude. not gonna say this kid's name. I gotta tell you this funny story. When I was in like seventh grade, my dad was like, help coached our team with a guy, and this kid, I'm not gonna say his name, would come in 
to the, the box and he would be like just like he was just terrified by this as soon as he stepped into that rectangle he was just terrified shaking <laughs> my dad's throwing bp one day and the kid kept like flinching and he's like what are you flinching for i'm not gonna hit you and he goes well every time I, my dad throws me in a yard he hits me this <laughs> kid's dad was trying to teach him how to hit and he just hit him the whole time so every time the kid walked up to the plate he was terrified it felt terrible but it's a funny story <laughs> One of the toughest guys to ever come through Pittsburgh, a guy named Tom Kale. Rest in peace, Tom. Died a few years ago. His sons were both drafted, some of the best players in the area, John Henry Kale and, and, and little Tommy Kale. They were both drafted at a, at a high school. Um, his dad, dude, was like a construction worker. Chinch. I think, I'm not kidding when I say this, he fought a gorilla at the circus <laughs> back in the day. I'm not kidding. Like, it literally, okay. one on one with a gorilla. They're like, and Tom Kale won. That's how tough this dude was. He used to box for the army. So, anyway, I'm 18 years old, dude. I'm like a senior. He's like, he's like, hey, I'll pay you 20 bucks to throw BP to my kids. I'm like, 20 bucks? That's incredible. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I'll do it. So, I get out there, dude. It's, Tom, it's John Henry Kale and Tom Kale, Tom Jr. They're 12. I'm 18, bro. And I'm just. Uh, strike, ball, and then I drill. I drill Tom right in the ribs, right? Little Tom. And I'm like, oh, man, I'm so sorry. Well, Big Tom's like, don't be sorry. Hit him again. Hit him again. He's like popping him up. And I was like, oh, my God. So, dude, I didn't know what to do. I just kept drilling these kids. Bam. In the ribs. And then finally they were done. And, dude, he called me, like, next day. He's like, could you throw to my kids again? I was like, I think I'm the wrong guy. He's like, no, you're the right guy. Not only did you throw a couple of strikes, but you drilled them so much that they toughened them up. I'm like, That's oh amazing. I hated, I hated throwing BP. In my, in my freshman year of college, oh, this is funny. My freshman year of college, where I'm standing in the outfield, and the coach was like, my arm's hurting today. We're going to alternate. Everybody's throwing. And I, and I turned, and I'm like, what? Wait, we're all throwing BP in there? Like, yeah, you throw, you know, one guy throws to the next round of guys. And I was like, I'm not doing it. No, you got to do it. You got to do it. I never even knew, like, I need to... Here's the second point. I need to wear a glove to throw a baseball correctly. For some reason, if I didn't have a glove on, I get weird. But, you know, you see the guys come and they, they throw darts yeah. in there. Like, yeah. a good BP pitch is amazing. Yeah, Dude, I throw this round to, like, two dudes. I did not throw one strike. And, and after, like, the second batter, my coach is, like, all the way in the outfield. He goes, Chanchamino, get the F out of there. And if you can't throw a baseball, you can't play this game. I was like, fall ball was like my second week there. I was just in the dugout like this for the rest of the day. Like, I'm not going to be able to play. For, like, my career's over. I never threw BP. I don't think I ever threw BP to anybody ever again in four years. Oh, God. So good, dude. Nice. So good. Anyway, all right. What shows are you on today? You got to get back there. I'm doing, yeah, I got to get going. I'm doing I'm doing uh, MLB Now with, with BK. And then tomorrow I'm doing MLB Central. In the morning with D Row and Shahadi and, and, and Roflo. And then and I'm doing, uh, I think I'm on that new show with Adnan and, and Harold on Wednesday night. Oh, cool. Excellent. Yeah. That's cool. Well, look so both can... ways, man. There's a lot of freaking cars going back there. Don't trip over oh, that. Yeah, a, lot of, a lot of trucks behind me, bro. A lot of trucks. <laughs> yeah. All right. Have fun out there, man. All right, we'll brother. All right, kid. You have a great day, everybody out there. Thanks for listening. See you tomorrow. See you, buddy. <laughs>